Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. the center of the galaxy this is the force center podcast feed i'm cat knapsack for another edition of force center the main show the superstar destroyer of our fleet with me today is first joseph scrimshaw sipping his jet juice it is some lovely tea and whiskey i think <laughs> that's the equivalent of jet juice tones yeah yeah i mean i wish i cooked it on the back of an x-wing but sadly <laughs> i don't have access yet nothing i like about the description of jet juice in any of the books yet doesn't look like something I want to drink. No, no, it's no. a war drink. It's a wartime drink. We're living in peacetime. For we the most do part. live in peacetime. 
I'm not tough enough to drink that in a foxhole. I admit <laughs> it right here. Someone who is tough enough to drink it in a foxhole, and quite frankly might have had the opportunity to, is uh, a good friend of the show, and now maybe more, a friend, John Roca. Hey guys, uh, yeah, I had, buy it in bulk from Costco, the jet juice. Yeah. Like, yeah, put it in there with a nice bourbon. It's perfect. Oh, you go, you go bourbon, you more yeah. just straight, the scotch, maybe, for yeah, you, yeah, an Irish yeah. whiskey or something there, got it, good. John, so glad to have you back, it's been a while since we Thank have you, you at Ford yeah. Center, which is a travesty, but uh, last time you were here, we got pretty deep, I remember. Yeah, yeah, we usually, we usually do in this it's something about uh, Joseph's place it gets it always gets it's me a going very deep, deep apartment yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, not about the white walls yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's a very shallow apartment but I strive to be a deep little man I love it I love it yeah um Jennifer Landa is out at the time of this recording. She is very, very ill. So uh, by the time this airs, we hope she's okay. If not, we have more concerns. But uh, she's out, so uh, John is uh, not just stepping in. He's uh, he's here to be part of the Force Center team today. And uh, we're going to talk some news first, as we often do. Now, because of our recording schedule, sometimes we uh, record and release almost instantaneously, and sometimes we uh, try to get ahead of it. So we all can have personal lives uh, and uh, not record constantly. <laughs> And because of that, last week's episode of Force Center was a great look at the droids of Star Wars, and we talked about R2-D2, but then uh, between our recording and the release of the episode, sadly, uh, the man himself, R2-D2 himself, uh, uh, Kenny Baker, passed away. So uh, we wanted to take a little moment, Joseph, maybe talk yeah. about uh, the man inside the dome. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating uh, career, a fascinating role in particular to have to be in this droid and to give it personality from the inside. And, uh, you know, I've done some acting stuff. I know you guys have mm -hmm. as well. Y you you get in those roles where you seem like, I, there's not much I can do with this. And with him, right. it's like literally, physically, only so many parts to make move. Yeah. But yeah. in that simplicity, I think there was a lot of charisma and heart that would not have been there back in the 70s right. if it was just a little remote control trash can. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, I think he has been a great emissary of Star Wars. Yes. Of somebody who ha would not have necessarily been famous unless they touched this weird space movie that mm -hmm. nobody believed in. Uh, and I think he's been such a great emissary of Star Wars and the way he talks about it and the way he interacted with fans. Yeah. And I think that's as much a part of his legacy as his wonderful role. Absolutely. And John, yeah. you yeah. being a voice actor, yeah. I want to draw some parallels to what? like what, <laughs> what Joseph said. <laughs> Uh, maybe you need some more jet juice. We'll refill here. We'll refill here. <laughs> what Joseph said is, uh, and you've seen some of the documentaries uh, yeah. where, where Kenny Baker's talking about, hey, you know, I got in there and I smiled and turned my head and bounced. And when I frowned, I frowned. Um, as a voice actor, you're not just talking. You're yeah. acting behind yeah. a microphone that no one sees. Yeah. And I think, we, well, I think what uh, Joseph said is a great point. You know, Kenny brought life to the part it is yeah. and that's the thing like they're they're i i, I was uh, they're just linked forever they're yeah. intertwined forever just like c3po and anthony daniels are intertwined forever their personalities come through what they're doing and i think that's what's so uh but i think that's why everyone was really moved by it because in essence it's kind of the death of r2d2 it's kind yeah. of like as close as we're going to get if because we're probably never going to see that on screen but right. this is as close as we're going to get and i i said this on another show like i i went uh to work the other day at universal studios to my friends were wearing Star Wars shirts and I said oh is it something going on today and they're like no it's in honor of the death of Kenny Baker and I'm like that's that's how deep it moves yeah. people you know and how much time he spent creating and I think too in that you are giving that 
droid personality, just the movement, the little things. The yeah. sa- I know the sounds are added, but there's there's like little things that he's doing inside of it that convey it. Just mm. like what Anthony Daniels is doing in the outfit with C-3PO. They're bouncing off each other, playing off each other. But people loved R2-D2 because he really it's this kind of energy that you you just love. You can't help but, but love right. R2-D2. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super likable and a little devious at the same time. Yes, yes. <laughs> There was some picture going around him at a fan event, uh, getting up close and personal with a slave lad. <laughs> he's devious. R2 is devious. R2 is devious. He's not chopper devious, but he's devious. Not quite chopper yeah, the fart butt yeah. devious there. Chopper is a farting sociopath, <laughs> and I now love him for that. You got chopper. We, we, you know, we didn't talk much about chopper last week, uh, but chopper's coming around on me, too. Yeah. I think it was that episode that he really wanted that new leg. He really did. And he, and he was, was at any cost. Willing yeah. to F everyone for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, Chopper, I respect your selfishness. <laughs> um, so, but uh, on a serious note, rest in peace, Kenny Baker. And as yeah. Joseph said, I really believe part of the legacy is being an emissary for Star Wars and embracing it. We've seen other actors not, big and small, in uh, in uh, figurative uh, ways. Um, but he definitely uh, was proud of what he did in Star Wars, and that's great. Um, he was uh, did do a little consulting, I believe, in The Force Awakens, which leads us to our next qu- uh, news item that came out recently that we wanted to talk about. New Blu-ray, and I believe it's more of the on the 3D side of things, right? right? right. Uh, for The Force Awakens with more extras and J.J. Abrams commentary. Uh, John, is this... It's not a surprise, but is, no. it, is, it, is it one thing too many or no, will you ever not buy it? I mean... W- Anybody who's either been if you if you've been in a coma or under a rock for the last ten years, you you then okay you can be upset. But we all know how this is. we we have this unwritten agreement with the studios like we want the movie out as fast as possible, and then after that we'll definitely buy the uh, you know the advanced ver- yeah. or the enhanced version yeah. or whatever. And we understand that Lord of the Rings did the same thing. They came yeah. out with three different versions of oh, each movie. I have movie. so many of them. Right? Yeah, and th- so they understood because the fandom is so deep. People want more and more, yeah. just like Star Wars. We want more and more. And so the, the, the special features they listed out already that they released, I'm super excited to watch. I'm definitely going to get it. I love the packaging. Yeah, it's a little lazy to have the same screen sure. print as you had <laughs> on, the, on the one you released. But I'll take it because this seems like uh, a lot of care and attention was paid to this. Yeah. And, you have, and you will have it in every version possible. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, yeah. Joseph, are you going to uh, buy it? I'm going to go a little dark side on this one. Oh. I, totally, I totally understand what yeah. John is saying, and I agree, and I probably will buy it. But yeah. the personal hell that I went through in order to purchase the Target one <laughs> and then the work not to on my computer to access even more content. <laughs> and it took me a million times longer right. to log into that site than it did I to agree. watch yeah. the content. And then the content was only half scenes. Yeah. Even, yes. Even as a deleted scene, it was only half a deleted scene. And that, I mean, at that point, just like put Kathleen Kennedy at the end, just saying, ha ha. <laughs> yeah, some of those deleted scenes were as, as if someone put a cell phone camera up to the dailies that they're watching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it yeah, was just exactly. like bad, bad, bad. Yeah. I agree. And I, I only get this stuff now for the ones that uh, Lord of the Rings, like you mentioned, John, Game yeah. of Thrones. And that's the only ones that I watch everything. Star Wars is certainly one of them. Um, I'm just still waiting for that deep dive Force Awakens documentary that we're yeah. not going to get from Disney or Lucasfilm. Right. Right. Yeah, I want someone else to come in and tell that story of what really happened to Han Solo's leg and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then what happened to Michael Arndt? Where is his body buried? Uh, we're not going to get that from them. So I guess I'm not as excited for the extra content. And 
and I'm sure some of the other stuff will see the light of the day if I really need to see it. I'll probably buy it. Will I buy it? Sure. Yeah. I'd like some special packaging. You're right, John. Yeah. It's a little lazy. I want the door to open and have Maz Kanata just sounding like, Han yeah. Solo. Like, I buy <laughs> something. I want one of JJ's hairs taped to the disc. <laughs> I want something personal. <laughs> Is there a deleted scene, John, that we know of or that we still want that we haven't got? I haven't heard of any others. Um, no, I mean, I think the only deleted scenes we're missing is why is Kylo so mad? Right. We'd like to see something that happened there, you know, or some yeah. some love that was broken as a teenager. Like something, I, I don't know, I guess that's a story, but like, I don't know if there's anything that we're missing, maybe something more with Chewie and Han. I think there's the mm. end of that scene where they're uh, in Maz Kanata's basement and they get uh, trapped by the troopers. Oh, that's the yeah. one that was like a kind of a half a deleted scene. Right. And I think they have the other half of that where Maz uses the force and then they decided not to. Yeah. So I'd like to see that. Which, look, if you release that and it kind of becomes canon in a way. I, uh, yeah, then maybe they have to fight that fight because she doesn't use a force. She fight. doesn't use yeah. a force. And that would, ch- that would change the char- character for me. Not so that I'd that's like her yeah. less or anything, but it'd be like, oh, well, this is what do we got here? This is a little bit different than just yeah. some, some mage that's walking around. Yeah. She's awesome. a wizard. I'd like to see a Leia, a more of a Leia reaction to the death of Solo. That's yeah. Well, that just might not exist. Right. <laughs> well, maybe Carrie can just do that herself. Sure. Well, and I, and I think, th- isn't there some stuff... Uh, there's stuff in the book and the and the novelization that the the whole thing kind of starts with General Leia. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think they shot any of that though. Right. We've got a, that one earlier scene that's a deleted scene where we're going to get introduced to her earlier, but it's mostly just right repetition. And I'd like I'd like uh, I'd like more with uh, with Corsella, but I don't think oh, we're going to yeah, get that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, that's sadly um, underexplained. I would love the commentary. I'm excited by the commentary. Yeah, but I think it is going to be mostly things we've heard before are pretty safe like maybe one or two tidbits about the writing process or why a choice was made or a little bit more of that honesty of scary moments but i don't think there's going to be a lot there i agree with that i agree that regardless we will buy it i'm sure (laughs) at some point or another other news that broke between the the last time we recorded and now is this news that there will be a quote-unquote young lando carissian (laughs) in the quote-unquote young han solo movie not a surprise uh but still exciting to me, I don't know, Joseph, what you feel about this news. We haven't really talked about it, which is why we're doing it now in yeah. Force Center. Yeah, no, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that Lando is going to be in it. I, yeah. I want to see a little bit more of Han's world. I don't want him to be. I don't want it to be a Han movie without any of this sort of fun Han stuff around it. Right. Uh, and you know that makes me think that if they're gonna, I guess it doesn't really say anything about timeline. You know, it'd be, it'd right. be great to see the handoff of the Falcon. Yeah. You know. It, there keeps being the discussion of how much of an origin movie it's if it right. is it gonna be. I'd certainly like to see Han meet Chewie. Han meeting Chewie and meeting Lando starts to feel a little bit like mm, Han yeah. meets people is the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the adventures of Han meeting people. Yeah. Do you want you so you wanna see the handoff of the Falcon? Uh, yeah, I mean I kinda feel like if they dance around too many iconic moments, then it's sort of like, well, why why are we going young if we mm. don't see Han? rescue mm-hmm. Chewie and create that life debt. Or mm-hmm. if it's Han and Lando together and he doesn't get the Falcon. I certainly want Han to have the Falcon because it, be, yeah. it would suck if he got the Falcon at the end of the movie from Lando. Right, Because I right, want to right. see Han in the Falcon. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I'm just wondering for myself. John, news uh, about Lando, again, not surprising, but uh, yeah. he's there. Yeah, I'm happy to have this. Uh, listen, Lando is one of the most underserved characters in from yeah. the original trilogy, right? Yeah. <gasps> Sorry, we don't see him 
come up as often as we would like. And yeah. maybe that's good because he still retains that smooth brother sure. nature of him. Like even yeah. when he showed up on Rebels, he was still that smooth little hustler, yes. which we love to death. But uh, I think having him here is, you're right, why go young if you're not going to fill in the holes? And I think that's important here yeah. with Han Solo and especially with their relationship with Lando. Because Chewie can't be the only one that decorates Han or because Leia is probably not going to be in, obviously not going to be in the, the mm -hmm. young Han Solo. So someone else has to be there to decorate Han, to give him life, give him character to bounce off. And Lando's the perfect one because no other person was his equal other than Leia. Lando was his equal. That's oh, a good yes. point. And got the best of him twice. Twice. From what we saw. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I could get behind that there. Uh, and, and the news of uh, Donald Glover being kind of the lead, you're, you're shaking your head. I'm a fan to a point. Joseph, yeah. you're... I know that he's done serious roles that yeah. people say are really good, so I have faith in that. Yeah. I, he is so funny. Mm -hmm. And to me, he one of the things that makes him funny is he goes for the, the straight-faced comedy of, like, I'm saying an, an absurd thing with a really deadpan face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's not in, like, the Jerry Lewis, Jim Carrey. I go crazy... He yeah. already does deadpan, so there's a part of me that feels like seeing him deliver a deadpan Lando line, mm -hmm. you know, so I have a little bit of personal worry. Everybody else is loving it, so I'm kind of putting my trust out in, in the galaxy and all my other uh, media talking pals yeah. that they know that he can do it. Yeah. John? I have the same concern. I, I have seen him in the serious roles. I, the thing about Lando, as I just said, he's smooth. You've got to believe that he's a ladies' man. I don't, not that, nothing against Donald Glover. He's a good looking dude. Getting, he hangs, has childish Gambino, has all this stuff going on, obviously in community too. He's a good looking kid. I don't see that that smooth picking up the ladies kind of vibe that you get from Lando <laughs> from Billy D. Williams specifically. And that's yeah. what we were just talking about Kenny Baker. Yeah. Billy D. too, inhabiting the character of Lando. Lando and, and like bringing that smooth kind of ladies man. It is him. Yeah. Everybody makes Colt fun of that Colt 45 yeah. commercial. Yeah, but that's Lando. Yeah, you know, that Colt, Colt 45 could have been a blaster type he was of selling, course, you know? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we need someone like that. And Chadwick is Chadwick has that vibe, but yeah, he, he's yeah. not necessarily as funny. And so that's where you yeah. have the kind of juxtaposition. Hearing you guys talk about it, I understand. Uh, you being slightly dubious or, 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 or reserving judgment. I was on board just because I was almost excited for him because yeah. it seems like he's something he'd want to do and has always wanted to do. But I do, under I do understand and I do agree. I don't want my Lando on the big screen to be a sketch character. Yeah. yeah and, exactly. and I could see that being a slight take on it. I don't think they'd let him do it, but there is there is a little bit of that worry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see what his show Atlanta does and make, positions right. him as more of a serious actor. I think he's capable, but it's how, how you measure it. I just excited because it just seemed fun and the tone of this movie they seemed to, from the outset of just by the casting of Alden Ehrenreich that it's fun yeah. and, they, and they're doing that buddy picture yes. so um, I, I think I'm more on the side of yeah I'm excited but valid points from you guys on yeah. it could go you know could go wrong we yeah. don't we don't want a groundling sketch Lando I've right. been community burned is the problem because like <laughs> yeah. uh, the actor I forget his name who plays Abed on community yeah. Yeah. has Danny that Pudi. cameo Danny Pudi, yeah. Danny Pudi he has a cameo in Winter Soldier Winter Soldier one of my favorite movies yeah. love Captain America takes me out every time completely oh yeah it's yeah, very yeah. true because there, there's nothing he's doing to grounding to ground it in playing a different character yep. it's just Abed from Community yeah. is suddenly in Winter Soldier yeah so I think I've got a little extra baggage for that of like I said I've been community burned particularly from those they're 
performances are so powerful and so great in community yeah. that they got to work hard to be away from them. Absolutely. Yeah. It's much. It's why Simon Pegg would gladly put on a, a mask to be Unkar Plot. Yep. Yeah. People shouldn't see me in this Star Wars after I'm already yeah. in Star Trek and already who I am. So I agree with that. I agree with that. Regardless, uh, we are going to have uh, probably a fun Star Wars picture coming out on the adventures of Han, Chewie, and Lando, and maybe Sena Solo as well, too. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they're looking for yeah. a, a non-white female lead, mm-hmm. and that would fit into that story. And I'm actually excited about that because the character um, the quote unquote wife of Han Solo the de- debut in Marvel Comics caused quite a stir um, simply because of it made Han a philanderous cheating scoundrel in New Hope turns yeah. out a lot of that not true it's a different backstory she was a bounty hunter smuggler type too they did it out of a, a plot a trick but she was an intriguing character, so I, and I like to see someone jump from the comics back into the movies. That's yeah, a weird transition. Yeah, yeah. So, What do you think about the fact yeah. that they're going Rogue One Dark, Episode Eight Dark, and then we'll get the solo story, then we'll get Episode Nine, then we'll get whatever's coming after. This is an interesting chance they're mm-hmm. taking Disney with yeah. the product, because they just brought it back with a very charming right. uh, uh, Force Awakens movie, and now they're going to go dark with their next two films, because the rumor is Episode Eight is supposedly really dark yeah. as well. And so uh, this is an interesting chance they're taking, and then to make the switch to go with a fun. Do you think they're doing that on purpose, creating a fun solo movie to get everybody back into that vibe before they jump into Nine? Meaning that in nine we're going to get another Ewok celebration. Yeah, there's gonna be, it's going to be a happier ending. I yeah, think. yeah, you, you're, ending. you're not wrong there, and I, I, possibly. I mean, hey, the, these big companies do things for a reason. We know Marvel yeah. does. Um, it just to me, I, it makes sense to have a Han Solo picture that's a fun, rollicking yes. adventure. But Absolutely. yeah, the positioning of it could yeah, be. It is helpful. Yeah. yeah, and I think Rogue One. It's I think good, I, I don't think point. there's any. I have no quality concerns over the reshoots yeah. in Rogue One. I think it is all tone balancing. Mm-hmm. Because I think after the success of Force Awakens, they're seeing that money on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think Rogue One might not end up being as dark. Mm. I think it's going to be full of action, but I think it might be a little bit safer action than it yeah. was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Someone tweeted me. Uh, I would like to give them credit, but I don't have my uh, Twitter near me. But someone tweeted me the trailer showing the right. Rebels, the Rebel. Um, Pilots being in handcuffs, and in trailer one, a lot more blood on his face. Trailer yeah. two, not as much, but I also, you know, I didn't, you could Photoshop anything these days. I don't know. <laughs> uh, not true. saying that person did. Um, but, you know, all right, you know, if, if, if it's a little more PG violence, I'm fine with that. Because again, I want, I want my, you know, nephew to see this. Yeah. You know, I don't want to have to worry about being too realistic where he's like I don't want a Star War anymore yeah I, mean, I don't you want know, that and they find a balance because we talk about Force Awakens it's, it's, it's so light and fun you know yeah. the movie where Han Solo's son <laughs> murdered him and then he fell and then the place True. explode like True. and then we always walk up it's a light Christmas movie yeah, yeah Han agree. Solo died you monsters I agree but it's a good point baby it is, it is a soft landing for episode yeah. 9 that we might need um, on our main topic today, we got an interesting discussion that was sent to us on Facebook, I believe, yeah, right, yeah, Joseph? Yeah, this is from Jay Winkworth on Facebook. It is a great uh, kind of question that we're going to dive into about the ways of the Force. And, you know, just, uh, John, that's why I think it was good to have you in here, because you were really good on knowing the ways of the Force last time, talking oh. about will and free yeah. spirit and destiny in the Star Wars land. So the, the, uh, the topic here is, does the Force care who rules the galaxy? Does it root for the light side, or is it the force itself 
or is the force itself flawed and always striving to obtain a state of balance or, quote, gray that it can never truly realize? If all things are the will of the force, is this why both the light and the dark side alternate being in power, as this is the closest thing to balance the force can achieve? So, again, to the top, does the force care who rules the galaxy? Is the force its own character? Yeah. So to me, I think this is a fascinating discussion yeah. of the character. And to me, I, I immediately separate it from, I think, because we want to give Disney money, yeah. the force will never be in balance <laughs> from a real-world perspective because yeah. narratively, it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's, to me, there's always that sort of fascinating side of it because then, then you can only drive the story of the force being in balance so much because it's a, a story that can never have an ending. Because yeah. we want to keep watching Star Wars, space it out a little bit. So, so to me, that this question becomes this fun uh, in-story game. Yeah, where where it's yeah. not a matter of like, will one of the movies end this way? But you know, imagining that everything in Star Wars is real. What, what is what's the story? What's I the do that all the time. <laughs> We're climbing into you the Star Wars up bubble into the twin zones. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so playing in-story there, John. Uh, uh, you know. Simply. Right, Do you well, think the force roots for one side? I don't <laughs> think so, because then you're ascribing a human characteristic or a, mm. a, a creature a characteristic sure. to a what is supposed to be a very fluid, uh, for lack of a better term, force. You know, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's, a, it's just a fluid force that goes where it goes. It's only the people who are studying it or corral it or supposedly feel it. We have to believe that they feel it, right? right? They tell us they feel it, so they're supposedly able to use it. Okay, that's fair. But they're also using it for their own uh, their own agenda, be it good or yeah. bad. Like they say, someone's, yeah. someone's a freedom fighter is someone else's terrorist, right? There's yeah. just the kind of thing. Yeah, I love that meme about Luke kills blah blah blah. All these people, you yeah. know, like he's a terrorist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And other, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, Right, and other people's <laughs> things, and, and so you're looking at it in that way. And I think the force itself does not have any kind of. Uh, a desire for one thing or another because once again that's human it just simply exists what you do with it is your decision what you do with it mm. is your legacy your uh, sin or your success it just yeah. depends and that's that's the way I view it and, and, and I think the force is neither good nor bad because the force is used by the Sith the force is used by the Jedi therefore it can be manipulated to be whatever you want it to be just like Christian I'm sorry just like any religion it can sure, be sure, manipulated sure. to what you want it to be yeah yeah, it could be used uh, to like I said perpetuate uh, your own will and agenda yeah. there yeah. yeah I mean is Anakin at his turn I mean he did it to protect his wife and child yeah. is that by nature bad is that uh, is the force going yeah okay it's all right. Oh, what did you do? Yeah, Mace Windu was about to assassinate the uh, <laughs> legitimate political leader with no yeah. trial whatsoever. True. So, yeah. 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 Moral uh, moral questions abound. <laughs> yeah. well, Joseph, dig into those moral I, questions. I, you know, there. I thought that maybe they were going to go a little bit more in this direction with the Force Awakens. I think they they yeah. talk, talked at it, and that's that's probably the mm. right amount to do. But I really like the idea that if the Force wants anything, it wants to be communicated with. It wants to be used. Is like yeah. if the force is like I'm trying to speak to you through midi chlorians or not, <laughs> as you are free to decide yourself, dear listeners. Uh, that it, but that it wants to be spoken to, and I like the idea yeah. that to me the title of the Force Awakens means like yeah, for just thousands of generations, Jedi and Sith and yeah. great Jedi were just doing all this stuff, and then 
Luke, you're barely doing anything, man. Come on, get some people using me. I want to yeah. be used. Yeah, I want to be I, touched. I always agreed with the, you going into Force Awakens that you literally wanted to be the Force Awakening, going, I'm kind of bored, get Good. some stuff going. <laughs> um, yeah, and and uh, I, I could see, uh, I, I like the idea, and I think, John, it's what you were saying, too, where it's just this thing that's sitting there. Yeah. And the real narrative battle here is what people are trying to do with it here, which, again, does kind of, pull over into into religion and yeah. where it's going on and, and, and how it has for ages upon ages. Right. Um, so, I, and I'm fascinated too, as, and I think Rogue One's going to get into this and Lor Santeca started to get into it where it's the first time that I've really understood in Star Wars that there was a Church of the Force, yeah. Force believers who weren't Force users. Yeah. Not since New Hope, when in New Hope, you just, it seemed like all the good guys believed in the Force. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jan Dodonna, just go, let a horse be with you. I, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. call him a Jedi by any means, you know. <laughs> He's got the beard, but that's Yeah. It. He's got I mean, the robes. That's what, what you say in uh, church when when you go to church of Catholic or Christian. You you shake hands when you say, God be with you. That's You say yeah, that. Yeah. So there's, the, it's all, the, cor- the correlations are all there. It's a yeah, matter yeah. of what you do with that energy that you feel from whatever reason, for whatever reason, uh, what you do with it. That's yeah. That signifies who you are and signifies what side that you supposedly are on or not. And uh, this is what I enjoy about the Force, because it is malleable. Yeah. It is fluid. It is your decision to take it out of the air. Study it like Yoda studied for generations. Right. But I'd love to see a young Yoda that's messing up all the time or oh, using yeah. it, right? Because that's why he's so wise now. Like all of us who get to a certain age, we we have varying levels of wise, but yeah. we have a level of wise from experience, from making yeah. mistakes that we can look to a 18-year-old or a 20-year-old and be like, you know, <sighs> I thought that too. And let me tell you, that's not how it works yeah. out. Those kinds of things. I like that perspective of wisdom in particular, partially because it's a little bit of a, a, a patch for one of the problems in the prequels. That yeah. so I think sometimes the older you get, the wise thing is, uh, I don't know. Right. Just, just wait. <laughs> yeah. Just wait, and maybe a better answer will present itself. <laughs> you know, every time people are like Yoda, half a world's on fire, and he's always mm, meditate. I will. Like, yeah. But in a yeah. way, that is wisdom. Just like, right. well, just let it roll out because I've acted rashly to yeah. the right. I've acted rashly to the left, mm-hmm. up and down, and none of those worked. So I'm just gonna chill out and wait, and, yeah. and I will strike in the moment that it's clear to. Which is also the, to me this yeah. kind of cool idea that. Maybe the Force exists, but the Force doesn't have a will, and it's just all our fun, sentient characters just kind of feel like, if this Force exists, it must want something. Right. And it could just be them yeah. putting their own wants on it. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. I completely, Especially if you go back to the Old Republic and you mm-hmm. start getting more into the oh, Sith yeah. lore. And I'm fascinated by that, too. I, I'm not familiar with the Old Republic as, as, uh, as others are, but uh, I love learning about it. I love some of the stuff in Rebels. That's what's drawing me more into Rebels is getting into this, the dark side stuff. I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by, I won't spoil it, but like the very end of Aftermath with Palpatine being involved where – it's like uh, yeah, there's a Star Trek the, poster falling over oh, in the background. Just oh, that's perfect. the will the of the will force. Of the force. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but you know, where where there could be something uh, force related uh, that that factors into the rest of the Star Wars story going mm. forward, Force Awakens, and that it could be uh, related to old force powers, uh, Luke finding the Jedi Temple. Um, but it all seems to be about people going to this thing and making yeah. it their own. Yeah. Um, Look at Maz Kanata. Maz Kanata yeah. uh, is generations. 
right? She yeah, could I'll... use it if she wanted to, but she understands it. Mm. That's her mm. point. And so when she's sitting in a bar just having a drink, yeah. if she really felt the imperative will to destroy, or to change or save right. or whatever, she would not be sitting in a bar just having a drink with a bunch of miscreants. Like yeah. she would be out there actively fighting. Yeah. And her way of actively fighting is for it to come to her. And when it comes yeah. to her to do decide to make decisive action right. within She's the like, usage, I will hand out the hero's journeys. Exactly, not get, un- get you back similar to me to exactly. Leia that we see now, where right. Leia definitely in Bloodline and 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 some in aftermath books. You know, it's pretty clear she did not go the way of the Force. Yeah. You know that it was something she had and could tap into. Saved herself a little bit in Bloodline with it, but yeah. she stayed on her course mm-hmm. and didn't choose to. Use it in that way. Great yeah. stuff from from Aftermath in particular. Yeah. I don't think this is too spoilery of like basically mm. Luke teaching her to like just take some deep breaths and calm down right. in yeah. that, you know, the few times we do see her use the force, it's in that just that same Yoda calm way of like, yeah. I'm going to reach out with my feelings and, and be calm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, there's something about the Maz Kanata speech that I really like um, about the same fight it's always been. Yeah. Listing all of the. Because that's just good sort of uh, building towards this conflict is going to go on and on. Right. But it's also, you could interpret it, the will of the forces. I want the light and the dark to always be clashing. I right. want you to always be fighting for your perspective. Like, for me, that would be a narrative interesting. Mm-hmm. If you want to believe that the force does for sure have a perspective. Right. It's just like, fight for what you believe in. Which is what I want to go into next with you guys is like, what do you think when we talk about bring, brings balance to the force or balance in the force? What do you think that is? John, what to, do you think it is? To me, it is constantly the Jedi and the Sith fighting each other. That is the balance. Kind of like so it's just not moving, huh? Yeah, just opposing is, forces, I've stuck been, in a doorway. I've been always of the belief that the, the force has always been in balance. People mm. just had their idea that it wasn't in balance because their side wasn't winning. Yeah. And my belief is True. that it's always been in balance because there's always been an alternative force combating mm. the primary force. There's always, what do you call that, uh, immovable object versus the whatever the, the term is. But you have that, con- that's the balance. Yeah. You know, We see that now in our political system, right? Democratic, Republican, yeah. whatever side you're on, yeah. most people want one Democrat, most people want a Democratic Congress and Republican president or a Democratic re- president and a Republican Congress. So everything has, is balanced. balanced. No one agenda is lording over us all, all the time. Right. And so it's that kind of thing. And you feel that through the world as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? You want that balance. Pe- the, re- the reason we had the Cold War was because Russia was countering everything we were doing yeah. from the 50s onward, from after wor- World War II onward to, to, to the fall of the wall. They were countering us, and there was a balance. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And now that there's not that balance, uh, we're seeing uh, this terrorism. We're seeing the mm-hmm. rise mm-hmm. of ISIS. We're seeing all these things. And it's to, it's to counter the one main superpower. But mm-hmm. when there's balance... There's detente, and when mm. there's detente, mm. there is less of there's, a chance of peace. destruction. Right? It's it's a agreed upon peace. It's a tenuous peace, mm-hmm. but it's still peace. The, John, the, you should teach a, a college class at Berkeley <laughs> on the balance of the force. I'd sign up for course credit right now. I feel like Will Ferrell in old school. Uh, yeah, I just blacked out. What did I uh, say? but that's great. That's uh, I think that's great, Joseph. Yeah, I like You're the interpretation. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm close to on board. Yeah, I'm close to on board. No, I, no, I do have an I do have an actual slight disagreement. No, please. I like the theory of you know the if if every if everybody on the board has power, then nobody's really going to lash out. But at the same, we we talk about all the moral ambiguities of uh, the protagonists that we meet, mm. both good and evil that they make. That there's moral mm. quandaries. But then when you pull back and you tell the picture of Star Wars from the people, yeah. They suffer under the Empire. Absolutely. They suffer under the Sith. That is, for most people's moral code, objectively wrong that they right. 
enslave the Wookiees. Mm-hmm. So you do eventually get to a point of like, yeah. well, even if these, and I guess that is a, a time where it's out of bounds. Right. But so uh, maybe because the trains are running on time. <laughs> no one's, true. right, right. Everyone's paying up. Everyone's got the money. Everyone's got a job. Like what we're seeing now in the, right, de- there's in the deconstruction order. of Russia, yeah. we're seeing this, this, what used to be, you know, yeah, it was terrible. And we're seeing it in Iraq as well. Yeah, it was terrible. But stuff was in check. Right. And, and then so you get to that, like, d- that, is ordering yeah. chaos the same as good and evil, yeah. which is a great deep right. question. But yeah. the, the thing that I, I feel like fans have talked about this in questions and, yeah. and other uh, podcasts we've done. That I like the idea that maybe being in balance of the force is not uh, good or evil, but maybe that you're using uh, everything that makes you human. Mm-hmm. Because the Jedi, even if I believe that for the most part they are objectively good, they make the yeah. choices that are the best for for the most people. But they're cutting off passion, they're right? Cutting off these sides themselves, and like that's a great way to look at Anakin as the chosen one of like use all your emotions. Sometimes use your kindness and empathy, and sometimes use your passion, sometimes use your anger. Don't go all the way one way or the other, but just use everything you got. And sometimes use the force to cut a piece of fruit and give it to Padme and kind of get the night started. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Kind of get the night started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of understand with it. Yeah, want to be so crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, because, uh, you know, I mean, look, if the Jedi were to have completely won at any point, would that have really brought balance? No, because we already saw by the time uh, Attack the Clones is rolling around, some of the Jedi are losing it. You know, they're not, they're, 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 they've got their own pride and arrogance and, and, and and fallible uh, natures yeah. rising up against them themselves from inside. So yeah, I, I, so I no longer see that as as balance. I no longer think, you know, was, did did Luke bring balance to the force? Clearly not. Yeah, yeah. Clearly he, not. He brought less death and suffering. Yes, which yes. is again good and goes back to some of the yeah. real world examples you're giving. Is like well. Surely we want that dictator out of power, but look what we wrought. Like, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing fight. And if everything was so great, why did the First Order pop up? What is that all about? What if, what, if everything was mm-hmm. so fun, why does this... Uh, other than, obviously, narrative, we're going to get butts in right. seats. Yes. But, yeah, no, I think that's, it's but totally fascinating because, yeah. the, yes, the it, the galaxy that's painted, I think, really well in mm-hmm. all of the, the mm-hmm. new canon stuff is yeah. that it, there, there's not as much order yeah. as there needs to be, and people are going to suffer mm-hmm. it for for right. that in a way. Right. So it's definitely that order chaos balance. Right. I've always right. been a belief you can't be too hippy dippy. You need some you need some military stuff in there. You just yeah. do. I think we're, we as humans would get too far. I mean, we saw that in Sodom and Gomorrah. We saw that in Pompeii. We see this hubris, the hubris of. Uh, of our, what do you call it, our excesses, the hubris of our excesses as humans will take over in peacetime to the nth degree. And then what happens when, if we don't have a a, a good military, we don't have an ability to defend ourselves or to fight back because we're too busy lost and thinking it's so peaceful, you must always be aware that it could end at any moment. And that's just the way I was raised and maybe it's different now. I always say uh, uh, society needs leaders and if you don't believe that, go to a self-checkout line at a grocery store. (laughs) so true. Where it's all chaos because no one's there to do it for you. Yes, the galaxy will not know how to use the microchip reader. (laughs) Yeah, we've given you the power. You've seen people literally do this your entire lives and you can't get those bananas in your bag. Let me tell you something. (laughs) I will put the bananas in the bag. I experienced... I experience that every time I sit behind three or four cars in a toll booth, 
When yeah. I'm like, is this your first time understanding <laughs> that you need to validate the card? <laughs> we are not all going to reverse Absolutely. because <laughs> your stupid ass forgot to validate your card. I mean, this is not Good your first time. Job. Good <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm in general kind of uh, an yeah. optimist, but I yeah. swear at people in my car so much. <laughs> Explaining yes, to them how true. green lights work. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. signals. But we're all just, we're talking about examples of uh, when uh, the dark side gets a hold of you, huh? <laughs> exactly. The dark side rises up. It's just, it's easier to channel the dark side when you're in your car and can't actually yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. by another human being. You know, being. but I do feel, I do feel in the end, it is really, uh, it is about uh, the checks and balances and, and also, but more importantly, uh, what the individual does with it, yeah, yeah. with yeah. anything in life, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I think uh, to the to Jay's kind of final question point yes. there that about is that why is balance just them alternating in power? Uh, good, yeah, good thing to end this discussion on. Yeah, and yeah, I, I feel like that. It'd be interesting if the force is like, ah, eh, I'll settle for it. But like, I really <laughs> want you guys to like, yeah, be in be either this sort of superpower balance or yeah. that like you're fighting a little bit, but you're keeping it between yourselves, you're using all your emotions, but if it really is that a bunch of you got to slaughter the others and then they rule for a while and then slaughter again, fine. That's fine, fine, the rule of the two, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, is it, is it, uh, do, do you think there, John, that it's, that uh, the Jedi-Sith alternate power? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it has to be that way. I think it's destined to be that way because uh, no one thing can rule forever. And we've seen that many times. And so, yeah, it's just a, a matter of one. Yeah, it's a seesaw. I would say yeah. it's basically a seesaw with the force being the fulcrum. It's just that, you know, mm -hmm. one side is always up, one side is always down. And every once in a while, when their feet can touch the ground at the same time, they <laughs> yeah. can find that balance. But there's always someone who's going to be pushing a little harder to get higher up. And that's just always how it's and been. Usually they're wearing a black cape. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's a, a question for you guys along those lines. Yeah. If yeah. the picture that is emerging slowly that Luke didn't do too much. Yeah. Luke quit. Yeah, that's my anger about this whole thing. Uh, did go he ahead, quit? Did he go quit ahead, though, or know. was he doing something higher? You know oh. what? Was, yeah, was, right. he, was he? He's training Jedi clearly, right. but is he really being? Is he recognizing that every time we try to really gently, kindly put our throat, our foot mm -hmm. on the throat of the galaxy and control things, we only make them worse too? Even though we are Jedi, so yeah. we're we're not going to get involved in politics. We're going to be on some higher plane. But if the picture emerges that he just kind of didn't do anything, do you guys mm -hmm. think that is morally good? No. For him to just have the power and not use it? You say no. I'm in hearing you maybe trying to understand. Are you, are you suggesting, and, and I kind of agree with, maybe Luke just kind of realized the best thing to do with the Force is for all of us to leave it alone. Maybe I'll stand back. I'll go study it, study the origins of it, which just seems to be what he was trying to do. Yeah. They thought the Sith were gone. Maybe they didn't think a new power would emerge yet, whether Snoke or whatever Snoke is. Um, even if it is Luke, half of Luke manifested another being, which is that one theory going around. Mm. Um, um, yeah, so maybe from your perspective, am I right in interpreting maybe that's what you think possibly Luke did? Or could yeah. it be, or is it just a question you're proposing of, hey, maybe he just thought, Let's try this for a while. Yeah, I mean, back I, off. <laughs> I, I hope from a story perspective that he had some adventures because I want to see them in some form eventually. Yeah, like, sure. That's what I want. Well, they talk I want about to see that Luke in Life Debt. They talk about that. They allude yeah. to it in Life Debt with him and Kylo. Yeah, and so Ben. Yeah, off, going they're going off, off doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I want them to be having adventures. But yeah, I, yeah I, I think I have my own uh, unanswerable moral quandary about mm -hmm. the idea yeah. of having power and recognizing right. if I use it, I create ripples versus 
not doing anything. And like right. a planet is suffering and it is demonstrably somebody's fault and Luke could just come give him a little force push gotcha. and make him knock it off and he's not using that power. Okay. That, that's a moral thing I wrestle so with. So slightly different what I was thinking. John, you were you were yelling he quit. He quit. Well, he quit. Yeah, well, but as you guys... <laughs> Luke Skywalker I, is a quitter. <laughs> I love a lousy quitter. You're doing like a sports answer. You was in, he quit. He quit. Tell me the No, um, my, my thing. I like what you yeah. you just pointed out, Ken. It was a yeah. very well. It made me think. I actually went off in my brain and thought about what you just said. And and it's just, I think this is an interesting point. Did he, as we alluded to earlier, like with Yoda, did he realize that he was fumbling the ball a little bit? And with after what looks yeah. like in those flashbacks that Ben lost it and killed all his Jedi Academy of Luke, mm-hmm. uh, did he just? willfully pull himself out and go, okay, I need to spend more time studying the Force, so clearly mm-hmm. I messed this up. Because if he's like Yoda and he's about the bigger picture, then yeah. him taking 20 or 30 years to go and study the Force and understand all its machinations so that he could use it better going forward again when he steps back into the realm of trying to achieve balance in the universe, he will be a better uh, facilitator of that. So that's a good question. Okay. So maybe he didn't quit. Maybe he decided in his mind that he was not ready to handle the responsibility and needed more time to study what he was going to be doing, and, and, which is, makes sense. And chose the less dramatic, fun route. Exactly. Just yeah. chose to sit for 30 years. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but every film, we saw him progress with the Force, yeah. you know, and from Jedi to Empire to, to I mean, from uh, New Hope to Jedi to Empire, to Empire mm. to Jedi, you see him embrace the Force more and more and use it more and more. And become, yeah. So with Jedi, right. he seems, that's the last we saw Luke in Jedi. He seems in control of everything, and he's on charge. Right. But now when we see him, maybe a lot of things went wrong, especially in those flashbacks. Yeah, and it's, what I do like so far about all, all the new books and stories and comics and even the figures um, is Luke is still a giant mystery. The mm-hmm. life-dead yeah. stuff does start to get into it, but yeah. then it's, it's kind of he's Just gone. Bloodline, yeah. he's gone. Yeah. I'm, I'm so intrigued by that. Yeah. I hope we get some answers in eight. I don't know if I can wait much longer after <laughs> eight. I think we have to get a little bit. A little bit of yeah. it. I mean, we're going to hear him talk for the first time, right? So, yes. Yeah. But, I think he's going to resist his hero's call at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And I think we'll get a little bit of insight as to why. Yeah. Yeah. The fact so that he didn't reach that. for the saber immediately yeah. lets you know that, yeah, you're right. Like, oh, you found it. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But whatever we think, the force remains a mystery, even to us here over in the real world. It is, uh, it is uh, something we can talk about for a very long time. And John, I, I, we chose well again. Every time you come on with these deeper force discussions, you deliver, and it, it, it adds to this, uh, this discussion here. Oh, so appreciate you. it. And uh, Jay Winkworth, love your name and love that you contributed with such a great question. Guys, if you want a main topic suggested, uh, yeah, you can do it on Twitter. Use the hashtag ForceCenter at Force in our pod but go to the facebook page and leave uh, a little bit more you got a little more space there more characters uh get into it dig deep and ask us some questions that'll help us uh, form some of our main topics here at force center uh we'll never truly know what will bring balance to the force unless dave filoni retcons it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep asking uh and we got some we got some great audience questions uh you guys sent them in on twitter and facebook like we were just talking about now this first gentleman is a, a loyal fan. He mm-hmm. tweets at us often. I had a lovely Twitter conversation with him uh, late one night when uh, I was a little tipsy, and he <laughs> taught me how to pronounce his name, so oh. I'm going to attempt to pronounce his name correctly, yeah. and my whiskey and I apologize in advance if I get it wrong. But I believe this is Mark Canope. Uh, yeah. M-I-K underscore 88. And he asks, this is a fun flavor question, favorite Star Wars reference in other media? Ooh. For me, definitely the musical The Book of Mormon. <laughs> and I, I have not been so lucky as to see The Book of Mormon, so I don't know the Star Wars reference in that. Uh, yeah, I haven't either, but... Um, oof. Yeah, I'm but... Gonna have to- 
Yeah, I've had a little bit of time to, Go, to yeah, think about start this. us off. So lead I, I, lead I us off here. Blather, so you guys can take think a, for a take moment. a couple pitches and earn the work the walk and uh, <laughs> yeah. buy some I time. I have two references I really like, and they're both because they come from characters who are both funny and a little ignorant and don't quite understand mm-hmm. Star Wars, so they don't make a correct reference. Uh, mm-hmm. One is from Arrested Development. I don't know if it's one line or an ongoing joke where the mother gives uh, her young adopted child money to go see a Star War. On young. Is, yeah, just the on young. On young. Go see a Star War. And it, I mean, it's so funny because it's like that funny older person inaccurate, but at the same time, it is called Star Wars, <laughs> plural, and there are multiple of them. So logically... It's okay. Not too far afield. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got another one, but do you guys have anything yet? Um, yeah, there's uh, uh, one of them. Uh, I'll start small, and I think I talked about on Jedi Alliance early on with Mark Ellis, I think of all people. Um, <laughs> I I love anytime Muppet Babies <laughs> went into Star Wars. It was my favorite Star Wars parody, probably other than uh, Hardware Wars. Wow! It is it even ranks higher than Spaceballs for me. Oh. It is. I loved it as a kid because that's that's. Well, if I wasn't watching Saturday morning cartoons, um, I was out in the yard playing Star Wars, as yeah. we talked about in that episode about me uh, on a palm tree being <laughs> pretending it's a speeder bike. <laughs> so to see the Muppet babies do it, to know that I was not alone, that some some baby Muppets played Star Wars like me, that that's still to this day one of my favorite it's references. It's not weird that I'm doing this. Baby Gonzo does it too, so it must be normal. <laughs> How about uh, you, John? Listen, I've been on record uh, for the last few months on numerous podcasts and shows yeah. uh, that Armageddon is one of my favorite films, bar none. Okay. One of the greatest American films. Films I've made in the last forty years. Uh, he stands by it, folks. <laughs> I really do, and I'll defend it till the last breath. Uh, but there's a great scene between Owen Wilson and Ben Affleck when he's asking him who's Han and who's Chewie, and he says okay. that Owen is Chewie, and he's like, "There's no way I'm Chewie, and <laughs> there's no way, you know." Have you even seen Star Wars? Like, it's just a great comeback. Uh, and I think that's such a... Per- it always makes me laugh every time yeah. because Owen Wilson's natural reaction because everybody wants to be Han. Right, right. right. People love Chewie, but nobody wants to be Chewie. Everyone yeah, right. wants to be the cool guy driving the Falcon, you know? Yeah, and so yeah. I love that uh, uh, Owen Wilson's reaction right when they're, you know, they're, they're kind of working on how to figure out these machines that are going to be using on the moon because they're oil rigged. Yeah, I mean, it speaks to how deep it is in the culture that that is. That's uh, shorthand for what the power dynamic is. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, My other one is from a movie that I love very much as well. Uh, Mm. Not a Star Wars movie at all, but Seven. Oh yeah, it is a throwaway line from Brad Pitt's character. Brad Pitt's character I love because he's so tortured and so funny in being tortured dumb thing for him to say that mm. unlocks the whole plot and I'm, I, we don't swear much on Force mm. Center but I have to swear sure. in order to, to say this uh, quote like just because he has a library card doesn't make him fucking Yoda <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing that clicks off for uh, the other detective to figure Love everything that. out and it's like it's not even quite the right understanding of Yoda so right. the ignorance <laughs> makes it even more beautiful yeah. to me yeah uh, the other one for me that I'll, that I can think of now, but it's I think it's a big one. It's an important one, and it's easy to lose it now in the, it, as time rolls on. Uh, but when in Clerks, when when Kevin oh, Smith man. put it out there, and his characters are, are talking about Star Wars, and you know, think of the guys who were just there building the Death Star, and then all that kind of stuff. 
uh, back in the day, 94, again, we had talked, we've talked several times on, on many shows mm-hmm. about the dark days of Star Wars. And where, yeah. yes, it was big, but it was still not what it was. And there was between the late 80s and early 90s. So, 94 for Kevin Smith to make it big with this movie, Clerks, and have two characters just talking so casually about Star Wars in a way that me and my friends would do, and that yeah. you and your friends would yeah. do, John, and you and your friends and your brother would do, Joseph. That was to see it represented for the first time, I think as it was as us fans mm-hmm. you know I was in college at the time and we'd race over from our screenwriting class to Toys R Us to buy the new Power <laughs> of the Force four Star Wars yeah. figures and then we talk about things about it and, and uh, you know uh, and, and uh, to see it on the big screen in that way and, and kind of that's why I, I joke with, with with Kevin, and I'm fortunate enough to have met him more than a few times now over at Defy Media. I've, I say you're the godfather of nerd, man, because <laughs> before that it wasn't yeah, it was still just us whispering in the aisles at Toys R Us. Yeah. So we didn't want anyone to know we're talking about Star Wars like that. <laughs> do you ever see? Do you guys see Free Enterprise? I oh yeah, not. the one with uh, isn't Shatner in that Shatner's one? Shatner's yeah, yeah, in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That Robert yeah. Meyer Burnett, who is often at Collider, yes. uh, made that movie, directed that movie, and that was one of my first like because there's a scene mm. where they go to Toys R Us mm-hmm. and the kid is really interested in the Shadows of the Empire action figure oh, right. Prince yeah. Zizor or Zizor. <laughs> and they get real mad at him like, what is this? Zizor, Zizor, crap. And like, it's the same thing of like that reflection of, yeah. wow, my reality on screen. Absolutely. I, th- Absolutely. I think one last one for me is yeah. a more recent one which happened out of nowhere in Civil War when Spider-Man is swinging around oh, with yeah. this, uh, oh. when he mentioned the AT-ATs in an old movie but yeah, yeah. With, which is the Hoth, obviously, <laughs> with the, the 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 plane rolling around, yeah. I, like I was like I was like, oh my god, it's so brilliant to see that in in Civil War, yeah. and they you know talk about how dated the kid is or yeah. how young the kid is to make that That's reference because awesome. he says an old movie, <laughs> that he, old movie. Imme- immediately in the in the theater, I was just like, oh. <laughs> but I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> was I think that reference. sound rippled out when I saw it in the theater both <laughs> times. Like, yeah, mm, yeah, Spidey. All right, uh, anything else before we go on to the next? No, one? no. All right, we're going. Jeff Not Emma at Jeff Not Emma asks, <laughs> besides Vader, who is your favorite Sith Lord, canon or legend? Canon spelled correctly. So extra points, Jeff Not Emma. Yes, one N. I will start. I'll go. Uh, I will go Plagueis. I don't, I'm okay. not going to take away Harloff's thunder. Mm. All right. Um, but um, <laughs> I'm just so intrigued by that character, and it is because of Lucina's book, which, though officially not canon, uh, at this point, still paints a great picture of what this character probably will end up being. I think if, if Plagueis is revealed or there's anything, like, say, they're doing with Thrawn and they redo a, of another version of Plagueis, I don't think it'll be too different from what Lucino said because he did such a good job with it. And it and it ties into what Palpatine said in Sith, which, again, is part of my favorite uh, sequences in the mm-hmm. prequels. Yeah. Um, there's just something so great there. He truly was the Phantom Menace in that story. And um, it just uh, it's just such an intriguing Guy, the guy that taught the emperor. Yeah, how can you not be intrigued? And the emperor is pretty high up on my list too. But I'll go play this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John, no, uh, we'll just go to you. Okay. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think about this and it's fun. And I gotta go, Darth Sidious. I mean, he is yeah, the God, most yeah. successful Sith Lord there ever. He is. Was he's the one who made the plan actually work? I will also give a pure sympathy vote. To Darth Tyrannus, because I think <laughs> he gets overlooked as a Sith Lord in a way he was also a perfect Sith Lord, in that he was very wise and very dumb yes. to not see that coming. But Christopher Lee is great. You get to spend a lot of yeah. time with Count Dooku in the Clone Wars, and he is a yeah. he's a fun character. He's a different take on yes. the Sith Lord. 
So sympathy vote for Darth Tyrannus, yeah. but I got to go Darth Sidious. And Dooku to me is one of those rebel Jedi that we always love. The Zyphodeuses, the Quinlan Vosses, and yeah. even Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. And he was a rebel Jedi who just rebelled so much. He, he went just to the kept other side. rebelling. Yeah. I would say Darth Nihilus uh, from oh, nice. Knights of the Old Republic. Got uh, it. Uh, because he was so different with his powers. See, his powers were not necessarily the, what you'd seen before mm, with other mm-hmm. Siths. He sucks the power out of other people, the force out of oh, other people. Nice. He drains them, yeah. Like an open wound almost, just sucking out the blood from them and use that as his own power. Now, yeah, he got his comeuppance or whatever, but it left a lot of questions. What did, Ni- yeah. did Nihilus look? How did he, how did that? He had the, yeah, well, he was like, he was the red and black all over. And, okay. From what I remember about him, yeah, yeah, yeah. covered up with the hood and everything, and you can gotcha. barely see the eyes and what have you. He was kind of an interesting cat. And, you know, I've, I haven't done too deep a dive in the Knights of the Old Republic, but when I do, it's so much fun. It's yeah. one of the things that I pitched the most on Jedi Alliance is mm. I want a Knights of the Old Republic TV show on yeah. Yeah. Game of Thrones style on a on Netflix or on some kind of oh, Star man, Wars network be someday yeah. because that is dark beyond dark. And that's how Star Wars, that's what makes Star Wars so interesting. You know, people talk all the time about Star Trek versus Star Wars. Uh, Star Trek is beautiful and it's awesome, but Star Wars, it, there's so much to explore here yeah. uh, with terms of the planets and the history and people have spent so much time creating that. And they're all connected through each other, you know, yeah. but still with enough space to create a whole bunch like of that. stuff. Yeah, I like that's that. Great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, next question is uh, another loyal fan, Trevor Timmis, at Timmis Trevor. Is the lack of phasma... I didn't say that quite right. He clearly wrote it out to uh, emulate the way you say phasma. Captain Phasma. <laughs> That's right. I'll, I'll read it again with a proper. It's a lack of phasma in uh, The Force Awakens due to Poe given and, okay, you're not dead roll, or is that all she got originally? Hmm. I think, uh, I think, I think sadly, Phasma wasn't anything more than the character is now that we all just got excited over Gwendolyn Christie being cast in that role. Yep. And that we had heard it was gender swapped at the last minute, kind of, uh, not last minute, but, you know, hey, let's, there's no reason this can't be female, let's make it one. And I think we all got excited. Yeah. Because I'm a Brianna Tarth fan, who isn't if you're a Game of Thrones right. watcher. Amazing. So I think it was always that. Yeah. Yeah. For me. I agree. I think she was always in the Boba Fett role that that's a part of Star Wars is that there's not room for everybody in the main movies. And sometimes there's just a background character who looks amazingly cool. And then we yeah. buy a million action figures and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, I, and not to jump in again here, but uh, um, I was going back to look at some old Jedi Alliance episodes. And, and as we we just recently all appeared on the 100th episode special and uh, we were talking about it. And Jennifer Landa was on and, and Frankie Kazarian. Some people were talking about uh, how excited we were for Phasma, other than the name for me at the time still, but um, <laughs> that, that she was playing a, quote, big baddie, and she's one of the bad guys of the film. So even then, I could see even our excitement. We're setting ourselves up for failure yeah. at no fault of the filmmakers, or certainly not Gwendolyn Christie, where it was like, yeah, she's going to be, oh, no, she just was, she was that. Yep. Well, this could, go, this could go all the way back to the beginning of the show. Like, we may want to see more. There may be more deleted scenes with Phasma. Oh, yeah. Oh, possible when she was at a bigger part and less of a pushover. But I do believe we're not done with her. I do no. believe she's coming back uh, uh, to come after yes. uh, Finn in 8. And I think even more so because of the fan outrage about the fact that sure. she was almost non-existent in the film or so so much a non-factor in the film right. than, than we were led to believe. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know why you cast Gwendolyn Christie then if she's going to be 
in the suit and you're going to have her do interviews saying how great it is to, it doesn't matter what sex I was I was still in charge as a woman but it's like why would you go through all that uh, stuff if you're not going to uh, pay it off yeah I mean it's right. funny like you know, we both saw the Elstree uh, yeah, 1976 76, uh, documentary about how these like hey uh, you happen to be within 50 feet of the studio great you're Greedo yeah. <laughs> now like yeah. that guy is Greedo forever and I wonder if it, there's a yeah. little bit of like Disney legacy of like not nothing against that guy. That guy is yeah. actually ama- Paul Blake, I believe. He's yeah. an amazing, yeah. charming guy. But I wonder if there is a little bit of something like, just in case any of these weird person in the corner with the rubber mask becomes a super big deal to fans, <laughs> we're going to cast amazing actors for every rubber mask, yeah. just in case. True. True. Could yeah. be. Point. Could yeah. be. Uh, and now, the last question, you have a little bit more detail. The, the do. question that was directed mostly to you. It was... was Pretty specifically, <laughs> hey, a hole. Hey, no. Oh. Kid. no, no, no. I would like okay. to address. It's uh, it's something. It's actually a good loyal fan and a, and a consistent uh, a tweeter, uh, going by the name of Armchair Media at Armchair Media. Okay. He wanted this to be a full episode of Spotlight Star Wars, but uh, I needed John. I needed Joseph's help to temper my. <laughs> Words here, because I could sound pretty bad if I don't answer this the right way. Okay. He says, as, as the Star Wars purist, I know you are, Ken Naps. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I don't know. I'm a Major League Baseball purist, but I still like the DH, John, so yeah. I don't know. All right. Um, uh, I, I would like uh, a full spotlight Star Wars, but we're going to do it here in Force Center, to be why you don't like fan edits slash fan films Ooh. with Star Wars. I've been pretty vocal mm-hmm. on... Yeah. On here, I try to be level-headed. Spotlight Star Wars, I try to be polite. I think on Schmoes, I've just been outright disrespectful. Um, <laughs> I don't like it. So I'm going to try to explain, and then I want you guys to jump in yeah. and then maybe help take the feet out of my mouth. Right. I, if I, your red saber gets flashing too much, we'll put up our blue sabers. <laughs> I wow. love fans. I myself am a fan. That's yeah. why I do this. I don't consider just because I own a couple microphones I ordered on Amazon doesn't make me any better <laughs> than you out there, though they're enough mics I, I um but um i i so i respect some because i did it on the playground i had my own fan fiction i talked about it here i had my own episode seven written in my head for years all right um but i was always inspired by it so i'd want to make my own stuff i tried to write an ill-fated science fiction adventure trilogy in my college days uh, if i ever let anyone see that script it's probably because i'm dead um so i i I respect what everyone puts into them, and some of them are beautiful. Mm. The one of Darth Maul yeah. recently, beautiful, Beautifully great. Shot, yeah. uh, some friends of ours, uh, uh, Jeff Henderson's made a very beautiful one. Uh, this is the Sable Corsair or something yeah. like that, mm-hmm. Jenna Bush's uh, boyfriend. Um, I've seen a lot of them that are great. Uh, fan edits, These are so these are fan films. I've seen a lot of them that are great. I respect the time, talent, and money that goes into it, um, but I just don't know... Other than you're a fan of it, why you've earned the right to tell that story (laughs) that's not your universe Mm. and that's not official. Um, So, again, that's where I start getting a little mean, John, a little grumpy. Um, It's like Hardware Wars bothers you. I like Hardware Wars. Hardware Wars What about droids? Droids or troops? Troops. I do like that. Troops is troops. Troops is great. Both spoofs. Spoofs, and that might. And no, I'm glad you brought that up, John, because yes, uh, you're you're right, Joseph. Uh, It's funny. Uh, You know the sketches on Saturday Night Live last couple years. Love to death. Mikey Day's writing them. Uh, Taron Killen was writing them. Bobby Moynihan writing them, along with others. Great because like uh, this spoofs. Yeah, but I think it's it's a borderline (laughs) turn to the dark side, but. 
we see it in us. Yeah. I'm not, oh boy. I'm not saying these fans are YouTube commenters, but it's like when you do a show, John, or you do a show, Joseph, then someone's going to comment or someone's, it's like you didn't, you didn't earn that right to be in that room and that microphone with me. I did. This is my career path. So Lucas earned that right. Dave Filoni earned that right. The whole story team earned that right because they've been vetted, passed, and paid. And there is a fine line between professional and non-professional. And these films are made professionally. A lot of them, a lot of money goes into them. I just it doesn't I don't factor them into anything. Yeah, here's maybe this might help. I, I could be wrong. Ba- un, get me unburied. Okay, I, I will try to dig uh, me up. So I think uh, a lot of fans mm-hmm. simply make the movies out of love as fan films. Yes, and they don't they don't have a voice. They don't have an agenda. But then people on social media and YouTube comments have an agenda. Like, for example, the Darth Maul thing, I thought it was well executed. I enjoyed it. And then half the comments were like, this should be canon. And it's not the film I have a problem with. It's the idea that it should be canon, that they executed somebody else's idea in a better right. way than mm-hmm. the original person. But I think that's much more about the reaction than the film itself. That's fair. I think that's fair. Mm. I think that's absolutely fair. Yeah, again, I, again, um, going to Troops. Troops is a fine yeah, example. Or even uh, George Lucas in Love. You know, yeah. it's like a different type of different type of thing. But yeah, they just did it out of a love for it. So yeah, you're right. That you're goes right. down to just like actual parody laws. Like if you're taking something and making something new, that's yeah. one thing. But if you're saying I can carry the ball better, that's different. I agree. Well, I'm going to jump in the hole with you, Ken, and say that uh, <laughs> Joseph's going to have to dug us both out because I, I, love I agree with you to a yeah. large extent. Yeah. Even that Darth Maul one isn't nice. He's a nice. It's a, but that it's a nice Darth that, Maul. Th- there are so many holes in that as a, as a critic. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to put something as a fan film, yeah. then I'm going to approach it the same way you approach going to see a Star Wars film, and I'm going to pick that thing to pieces. <laughs> right? And you don't, don't, don't think you can get away with it. If you're going to make it, then you get to be criticized for it. Yeah. That's yeah, part, yeah. Of the, part and parcel of the deal. Because the reason you're making this film is because you love it, but also because you want to tell your story, what you think should, you should have seen or should have yeah, seen. Yeah. So my opinion is this. Make make all the Star Wars films you want to make. Just get ready for all the criticism you're going to take and the rightful criticism that we get to take because we love it just as much as you do. Right. And we don't like to see you do things with it that we don't necessarily enjoy seeing being done. Like uh, some of the mistakes in that Darth Maul, beautifully shot, well yeah, done. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Some of the mistakes in there of the fight scenes were so terrible that it drove me insane because I'm like, there's no way he would do that. There's no way that would happen. There's no, <laughs> wait, wait, no, where, where did that person come from? There's no way that person's still alive. Yeah. There, there's no way Darth would have let one person stay alive somewhat to be able to come back and get. Right, not the Darth Maul right. I know or I saw, right? right? So right, if you're right, going to create right. that, you <laughs> hashtag know. not my mall, says John. <laughs> yeah, right, that's right. Uh, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, but, and I appreciate that, like aesthetically. Yeah, but I don't want the narrative from there. We got yeah. a whole story group at yeah, this. No point. one should. I that don't should not want be narrative canon. from. Right, and and nor would it ever. But yeah, you're right. And maybe maybe the little bit of responsibility is on those type of people to get behind that kind of stuff. Even the one we saw, the, there was a great looking Boba Fett climbing out of the Sarlacc pit type thing. That right? was awesome. Looked awesome. That was great. Yeah. So much fun. Not going to be canon, right. but uh, but it kept the vibe of what it was, uh, what it was doing mm-hmm. a fan film of. It right. kept that same kind of feeling to it. It okay. didn't have holes in it. Bo- Boba didn't do something that Boba wouldn't do, and right, so right. that's what I liked about it. And okay. the end was perfect. So you're approaching from a critical standpoint Absolutely. too, which, that's which, how I, yeah. which, which is fair. Which yeah. is fair. And look, I get Lucasfilm has an official fan film yeah. contest every year. Yeah. Not saying don't go do it. I'm not saying go do it, but. There, there is a fine line between professional 
and uh, getting some people on the weekend. You're going to keep that ball in your yard. <laughs> I'm going to. It drives me. It goes in my yard. drives me insane. You know, it drives me insane. You know, from the pro wrestling world, you know, yeah. I own a pro wrestling company with a friend of mine, and it's a small thing. We, ha- we happen to own a ring. Yeah. But then we got the people to come along and, and don't know the difference between this is a career versus whether yeah. or not you're just doing a it mark. on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, this is a career. So I get, I get a little ruffled. Now, the fan edits, I get even more ruffled. Yeah. No, no, I yeah, agree. Let, let's, get, let's all get gently ruffled together on fan edits. Fan because. edits. Um, there's an audacity behind it yeah. <laughs> that I just don't like. Yeah, yeah and I, yeah, I'll, I'll say maybe that you know this is a balance of the force thing. I like, I think sometimes when people get upset that you you are vocal about not liking them, yeah, that it, it's a sort of like what it's just fun at Star Wars. Why are you harshing our excitement? But then at the same time, it's like you've made your choice that you don't like it. Your mm. excitement is to see the real thing. Mm. So yeah. the other perspective to have balance is. Don't harsh our yeah. negative squee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't harsh our disinterested squee. It's yeah. fine that you like them. It's fine that they got made. Yeah. I want the real narrative. Yeah. Absolutely. It's censorship. That's what it is. To yeah. me, in my opinion, if you're going to take a already completed piece of work and you're going to edit out parts of that work, that is censorship. Whether you like it or not, it's mm, not in yeah. a way censorship that, like, uh, you know, you want to stop the uh, the w- the will of the workers or the voice of the workers. It's a censorship of like you're telling that director this is a better version than the film you edit. You're telling that professional editor mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. an ACE certified person <laughs> that they are not yeah. they, what they finished making of that film is not is terrible and your version is better. There's yeah. an arrogance to it that I agree with Ken. There's yeah. a, there's an arrogance to it that should not be there. And yeah, people love doing it and people crow about it and say it's so great. But I I have suffered through one of those edits and I go, it's disjointed. It doesn't make the sense of the narrative of what you're trying to do. And yeah, you can take out all the Jar Jar stuff, but that's not Lucas's vision. So you want to do something, start from scratch and create your own stuff and yeah. then you can do it. But like when you go with a film, that bothers me to no end. Yeah, the Phantom Edit stuff. What was it? Topher Grace did one. Yeah, yeah, look, he's yeah. a professional too. I get it. But look, I know other people. I know someone who's doing a... I don't care. Uh, doing an edit. <laughs> just, no, I don't, they, just because they get paid to say words on a screen well, millions of dollars true, but, but also it might well go validity. to what you were saying just where yeah Topher Grace might have done when it spreads around and becomes gospel to some people right. and that bothers me more than yeah. just I, I know someone who's doing an edit right now of a Batman v Superman edit completely for fun and this person is an editor, so we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. But he's not going to put it out there as gospel. Right. Yeah. So I sometimes – and I, I've been in discussion. Well, you should really watch the Phantom Edit because it makes it – and I don't care what it makes, the right. prequels. Yeah. Right. The prequels are the prequels. Yeah. And there's a lot to like in there. There's a lot to not like in there. Right. And I think the thing is, is that you can't, you can't just amputate a part of the prequels because there are moments where, like – there's something horrible going on in this yeah. scene in terms of it's not well executed. Right, it's not right, a good right. part of the movie. And at the same, but there's something else there because there's layers and layers yeah, to yeah. the prequels. And many of the layers aren't good. Yeah. But yeah. when you take that chunk out that has the bad layer, it also has something good in there. Right. And to me, yeah. then y- you're coming from a place of like, I know I can fix this. And then for my personal opinion of the prequels, like you're not coming from a place that's more intelligent than what lucas did because you accidentally cut out some of the good with the bad yeah right yeah right and at the end of the day you make fun of them all you want you ain't george yeah yeah i mean you ain't george i was watching i just did an episode of the cinephiles one of the podcasts that i host now we did cinema paradiso we in in cinema paradiso there's a scene with a priest 
where he rings the bell every time there's a kissing scene. And it, back in the 30s and 40s for those films, the show in a small town in Italy, so the projectionists had to cut those scenes out of the overall film. Oh, wow. And that still happens today. There's a Christian website, or Catholic website, yeah. I'm not sure, that uh, you can order films from where they edit the films. So they take out all the sex scenes, they take out all the cussing, or they take out, or they, 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 they take out any of the kissing, or anything, anything that you might find offensive as a Catholic or a Christian, and you can watch the film. And they, have it, they make it for public consumption. And this is, and these, sometimes they turn them into copies and they're sold at Walmart. Yeah. So this is like real stuff that they're mm. sending. And to me, fan edits, no different. Because yeah. to you, what you're cutting out is offensive to you. So yeah, that's yeah. censorship in its way. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting take yeah. on it. I'm glad I'm not the only evil person here, John. It makes me feel good. <laughs> I don't no. think it's evil. Look, this is probably going to be closest to when we talk bad about Chewbacca Mom, <laughs> and then you and I, Joseph, received uh, handwritten hate letters. Uh, though I like to think I was one of the, uh, and along with you, Joseph, and my friend Lon Harris at Screen Chunkies, we were part of the first group of people to not like Chewbacca Mom, and others followed later. We're, we're <laughs> groundbreakers on that. Um, no, I, look, we're all. You're entitled to your opinion. If you want a fan edit, you want to do a fan edit. It, that's great. I just get solicited a lot for them. Yeah, a lot of people send me because of the show, and great. And I'm glad that you listen. And hey, take a look at my fan edit. Respectfully, I'm just not going to look because I don't care if you cut out Jar Jar or you reworked uh, the Battle of Hoth or whatever you did. Right. It's not the movies I fell in love with or grew to appreciate. Right. You know what I mean? So um, I'm sure we'll get some disagreeing. And hey, yeah. we welcome it because, like you said, John, we're putting it out there, so it's free to criticize. Absolutely. Us. Yep. Balance um, in the force. Balance <laughs> in the force, guys. We're almost wrapped up here. Now we're not going to do a finish, new fan, uh, finish the fan fiction because uh, as we uh, saw last time we did it, we assigned Jennifer Landis some homework yeah. to come up with one for you and I. Yeah, I've been I've been making poor Jennifer yeah. do these finish the fan fiction. I think it is fair that she makes me do it. Uh, so if you if you're listening to the first time for some reason, finish the fan fiction. We write uh, the beginning of a fun Star Wars story and then we improvise an ending. And then we put it up on our Facebook for you guys to provide the answers. This is the one we did last time, and I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to read the winner who submitted a fun completion to this story. Here we go. C-3PO finally decided to broach the difficult subject with his old friend R2-D2. R2, R2-3PO said with uncharacteristically tact. If you knew that Darth Vader was Master Luke and Princess Leia's father, why didn't you say anything? R2 pauses, thinking, then lets loose a long series of beeps. Beeps that 3PO translates into basic to mean solidarity, man. Until the Wookiee gets a medal, I ain't telling them nothing. Keep on kissing your sister, man. See if I care. (laughs) (laughs) So great content. Uh, That was from Justin Walker. Uh, great content, and uh, I love the attitude from R2-D2. He's dropping those Gs. R2-D2's rolling on the street. I like it. That is some fan fiction I can get behind. Uh, we'll do another one of those uh, when uh, Jennifer recovers and uh, comes back in studio for that there. Guys, it's been a fun episode. We got deep. We got angry. We uh, we uh, talked about Muppet Babies. It was a full, full edition of Force Center here. Uh, I want to thank you, John. John, for taking the time from a busy day to, to come and join us here at Force Center. Tell them where to find you and your adventures and all the shows you do. It was my pleasure, guys. I really, thanks for having me on. It's always Absolutely. fun talking Star Wars with you, Star Wars with you guys. Uh, you guys can always find me at The Roca Says, R-O-C-H-A-S-A-Y-S. See all the shows I'm hosting, co-hosting, and being a guest on like this. You can see the show. You can uh, Please, Collider Network on YouTube. Please watch the Top 10 show. I host that with Matt Nost, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. We count down the Top 10 of a theme for a particular film that's coming out 
out that week. That's what we do. Uh, and then also my new podcast called The Cinephiles, C-I-N-E-F-I-L-E-S, where me and my film professor friend Steve Morris break down one classic film before the year 2000, talk about its, uh, talk about its making of, and then talk about its legacy in film. Cool. Oh, great, cool. great. I can't wait to come on and talk about Bad Girls from 1994. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, Joseph, Joseph Scripture and Robert Loja. And, um, uh, Joseph oh. Scripture, you are out there as well. Oh, Where yes. can they follow yes. you? Uh, well, first they can hear me on John's podcast talking about the Blair Witch Project, which I believe <laughs> just sneaks under That's into true. the classics of 99. Uh, <laughs> beyond that, you can find me on social media. Twitter and Instagram is at uh, Joseph Scrimshaw. You can uh, listen to my other podcast, Obsessed. It's on the Feral Audio Podcast Network. Uh, I was just on Dan Harmon's big show, Harmontown, to promote Obsessed. So I know a lot of people from Force Center have checked that out. You can check me out on Harmontown, too. Uh, and then I have my website, josephscrimshaw.com, which has details on all of my podcasts, all of my live shows. Uh, I will also be at DragonCon. I believe I am doing literally 18 panels and shows at wow. DragonCon. One of them about Star Wars. I'm sure I'll sneak Star Wars into every appearance I make, even when I do the Star Trek podcast. So come see me <laughs> at DragonCon. That is uh, something you should seek if you're in that area. Guys, thanks for uh, listening. You can follow me at Ken Napsock, and you can follow us at Force Center Pod, hashtag Force Center, if you want to join the conversation or suggest something. Again, go to the Facebook page. Like it as well there. You can have a little more space to put a big topic for us to break down. We want to thank again Jay Winkworth with his great topic today. If you're on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. We're on Podomatic and Stitcher. Thanks for making us number one right now on Podomatic. It's been a great run. A lot of Star Wars news to talk about, and that definitely helps. We appreciate you, though listening and uh, helping us rise in the rankings it doesn't uh, doesn't translate much other than pride and i can tell my mom i'm doing something good so <laughs> thank you all so until next time let's go watch some muppet babies Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.